If you'll turn me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 11, the Gospel of Matthew this morning is where we're going to begin. Chapter 11, looking at a couple of verses. Uh, as we were preparing for worship, I heard the thunder outside, saw the rain, so uh, thank you for uh, you know, going through the elements to come here. Isn't God worth it? Isn't it wonderful to come t- into a place that celebrates the reality of a God who is celebrates the love that changes our lives from inside out to rejoice in a Savior who rescues sinners. So, man, it's just good to be with you, rain or shine. Uh, it's not... Was yesterday the hottest day in the world, by the way? We played a, a volleyball game here against uh, the fire department. Uh, I think the police department got scared of our skills and didn't show. We had a great time. Walked outside and thought, oh my goodness. I thought, maybe I should preach on hell because it's hotter than that outside right now. And so... Um, <laughs> Anyway, as we turn in our Bibles, was that thunder? I'm not doing it. (laughs) Let's be mindful that God loves us enough to give us his word, loves us enough to give us his spirit to help us understand it, and what a joy it is to gather around it. So here we come today again, my Orangewood family, around God's living and active word, and ask the light of Christ to shine brightly so that we could walk in a manner worthy of our great God. Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Let us pray. Oh, Father God, what a gracious God you are, that you are holy God. And yet you're a gracious God that comes to us and says, come near. Come all those who are thirsty. Come all those who are weary. Come all those who are burdened. And the amazing thing about who you are in this call is that you know the truth about us. You know why we're thirsty. We've been drinking from the wrong well. You know why we are weary. Because we've been trying to live life apart from you. You know what we yoke ourselves to continually. You know how prone we are to evil and to to running in the opposite direction. And yet, this God who is, this God of mercy, you call us and you say, come. So here we are. And Father, we need to drink deeply today from your love and from your truth and from your word. And so God, as we come, would you continue to give us grace and mercy to, to put our sin lips on the well of truth. Would you open up our ears to hear Jesus' voice? Holy Spirit, would you shine brightly into our minds so that we could understand this? It, It seems to offer something that we so desperately need and seemingly is so elusive. 
So God, would You speak in a way that we can understand and shine into our dark minds. And God, would You lovingly take our hearts of unbelief and would You squeeze them and make them new. Give us a heart of flesh, a heart of faith that we can believe the truth of who You are. That we can believe deeply the truth of what Your Son has done. That we can empty ourselves and be filled with the Holy Spirit so that we can walk out of here new and powerful and obedient in a manner worthy of the Gospel. And Father, the things that I say that are my opinion are wrong, may they quickly be forgotten. But the things that I say that are true, may You use those things to make us more like Jesus. And it's in His name we pray. Amen. I bought a new book this week. Surprise, surprise. Uh, I buy them every week. But this week it's this one. Christianity for Dummies. Because I've been wrestling with this passage for a while. God has brought me to this passage that we just read over and over and over again. And specifically this week to try to figure out what in the world is Jesus talking about? Because he's got this amazing offer. He says, come to me, all those who are weary, and I will give you rest. He talks about a yoke that is easy, a burden that is light. And my life doesn't feel very easy. My burden doesn't feel very light. I'm often exhausted. How is it with you? So I bought a book, Christianity for Dummies, because obviously there's something wrong with me that I've been doing this for a long time. I've been to seminary. Um, I've been a Christian since I was four years old. But why is this Christian walk, why is this Christian life, why is this Christian ministry seemingly sometimes so heavy, so hard? It's a good book. It's not where I found the answers. I got pointed back to God's worth and the truth. And was able by God's grace to dig deeply this week into these verses and say, God, what am I missing? God, what is Orangewood missing? If Jesus, your offer is for an easy yoke and a light burden, what are we doing wrong? So as we begin, I want to ask you these three questions that I want you to mull over in your mind as we're digging into God's Word today and ask these three questions to yourself. Are we or are you doing the right things? Are we doing the right things? Or secondly, and secondly, are we doing the right things the right way? Or thirdly, are we doing the right things for the right reasons? That's the questions that God has been piercing and lancing my heart with. Saying, God, what's, what's wrong? Where am I missing this? If you're offering rest, how come I'm so weary? All right, let's dig in. First thing is this. If Jesus offers rest, why am I so weary? Uh, maybe, maybe we're doing the wrong thing. Maybe my life's completely out of order. 
You know, when I go to a fair, the one thing I want to do at the fair is to find if they have what they, that, that ring the bell deal. You know the ring the bell deal? That's the, that's the only one I want. I mean, the basketball hoops, are it's all rigged. It's a smaller rim. You can never quite get them in there, you know, and you're trying to knock things down. And no matter how hard you throw it, they don't ever seem to knock down. But the one thing I want to do is I want to ring the stupid bell, all right? Because I got a lot of pent-up frustration in my life, and there's a lot of anger big dig down, and I think I'm some macho guy, so I don't care how high that bell is, I want to ring it. And I'm going to grab that mallet and I want to swing as hard as I can, thinking that in my lifetime I've been athletic, I've uh, swung a baseball bat a lot of times, and maybe I could ring the bell. I don't even care what the prize is. And anyway, are there any good prizes at the fair? We spend all of our money trying to win a game that we don't really care about to get a prize we're going to throw away in 24 hours. But if I go to a fair... Want to ring the bell? I think in life, oftentimes, I'm trying to do the wrong thing. I'm trying to ring the bell of God's favor. I'm trying to earn a relationship with Jesus Christ through what I do. And the reality is, it will take a perfect swing. And the reality is, it will take a perfect person to able to ring the bell of a holy God's pleasure. And I can't do it. No matter how hard I try to clean myself up, I can't do it. No matter how religious I try to act, I still fail. No matter how good I try to be, I'm so inconsistent. And so what Jesus offers, he says, come to me, all you who are weary. Maybe my weariness is the reality is, is I'm really trying to do the wrong thing. I'm swinging to ring a bell that I could never actually ring. And here's the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The bell has already been rung through one perfect life, one perfect sacrifice, and one perfect resurrection in Jesus Christ. And so the Christian thing isn't about you and me trying harder. The Christian thing isn't about you and me living our lives more perfectly. Maybe we look to the one who's run the prize for us. And not a prize that will quickly find its way into the dump. But the prize of life and life abundantly. So when he offers rest, i got to ask myself, am I doing the right thing? You know what I love about Jesus and our God? I want you to hear this. God loves sinners. Did you hear me? God loves sinners. Did you hear me? God loves sinners. Did you hear me? God loves sinners. What's your point? Do you know how often I live my life? I live my life in frustration and in weariness because I am seeing the depravity of my own heart, the inconsistency of my own life, and I'm a lover of God. I'm a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there's times that Satan wants to whisper in my ear and say, you should be disqualified. There's times that God's, the weight of God's law is so much saying, how can I not be more holy? And you know what God told me this week? You know what he told me? He said this, Jeff, I love sinners. Isn't that good news? I mean, I, mean, I was completely set free. Talk about going from weariness to rest. 
is the reality that God loves us where we are. That is such good news. And God loves sinners enough to change sinners and to make us holy. And it's not about, Christianity is not about us being saved by God's grace through faith and now picking up a mallet and trying to have that perfect swing to ring the bell for justifying our lives in Christ. No, it's about realizing all that Christ has done for us and through us and all that Jesus made us. And listen, the news that we got to hear at Orangewood over and over and over again is that God loves sinners. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, God's mercy was revealed to us. Why are we so weary? I think many of us are trying to do this thing called religion. And we're missing what Christ has done. Maybe we're doing it the wrong way. Anywhere that maybe we're doing it the wrong way. It's interesting when, when Jesus was talking, he's actually coming right out of a prayer. He was just praying to the Father. We just had access to Jesus' prayer in verses 25 through 27. And he's talking to the Father in amazingly intimate terms. And anybody who grew up around Torah, anyone who was an Israelite in Jesus' day, when he was saying, come to me, anyone who is weary, and I will offer you rest, they had to be thinking about Jeremiah 6, 16. They had to know God's word. And the prophet Isaiah promised that there would be one who would come or a way that would come that would give them rest. Thus says the Lord in Jeremiah six sixteen, Stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient path. Ancient interesting was the ancient of days. Where the good, ways in, where the good way is. And walk in it and find rest for your souls. You see, in Jesus' day, there were a lot of rabbis who were living at that time. And Jesus was one of them that were trying to interpret God's way and say, this is what God's word really means. This is the way that you really go. If you really want life, if you really want truth, if you really want meaning, follow my way of teaching. Follow my what could be called a yoke. And here is Jesus saying that, by the way, it's not Torah is not the way. Torah is not the life. Torah is not the truth. That points to me. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Jesus was saying, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it with religion. You're not doing it with relationship. Listen, it's not about our trying to trail a blaze, uh, trail a path to heaven. It's our way of following the one who is the path. Who is the way? Who is the truth? The question that we need to wrestle with, are we doing it the wrong way? Are we trying to do Christianity as a path that we're blazing, or are we just following in the footsteps of Jesus? More than that, are we just resting in the completed work of Jesus? Did we start off by grace, and now we're trying to work our way home? You know what the name Noah means? You know the name Noah in the Bible. I mean, Noah uh, emerges as one of God's heroes. When God's wrath was burning hot for sinners, when men were doing everything they wanted according to their heart and they were ignoring God, and God, who's merciful God, decided to judge humanity yet save humanity through one. And you know the story of Noah. I mean, Noah, he built this ridiculously huge ark 
Uh, he gathered animals and he and his family and humanity and, and creation was saved. Do you know what Noah's name means? It means rest. Interesting. Noah's name's name means rest. In the midst of a world gone mad, in the midst of God's judgment, there's grace and mercy in a man named Noah that shows God's rest. Jesus Christ is our Noah. He's our rest. Jesus Christ is our ark. He is the one that we have to, by God's grace in faith, board onto Christ, that, that ark of Christ Jesus, to keep us from the floods of a holy God's wrath. Jesus Christ is our peace. He and He alone. It's not about a path we live our lives. It's not the religious stuff we do. It's not the money that we give. What is our peace with God? Who is our rest? Who is our Noah? Who is our, our ark? It's Jesus. So maybe we're doing it the wrong way. Maybe we're trying to blaze a trail to heaven when really we got to hide ourselves in the one who's opened the door. And the one who satisfied God's judgment. And the one who gives us life. Is Jesus your Noah? Are you resting in him? I can't believe how many people that God brings in my path that, that they're, they're so burdened with life. I mean, they're so, they're so guilty of their past sins. And uh, just this week, uh, I met with a beautiful woman who just wrestling with th- bad decisions in her life, a couple divorces, and, and, and trying to live her life now in a way that pleases God. And listen, and she's a wonderful person, and she's full of life, but she's carrying around this thing called guilt. And really what she was trying to do is she was trying to blaze a path in, in a way that God can, can appreciate and love. She was trying to earn her salvation in a way. She was trying to remove the scarlet letter of a couple of D's of her life that means divorce. And I just, just felt like, you know, you know, guilt is cruel, isn't it? Can you ever do enough to get rid of the guilt in your life? Can you ever do enough to feel not so dirty? Can you be religious enough to ring the bell and have God love you? Guilt guilt will never set you free. Guilt is so amazingly demanding. It demands everything from you and it hates you. And that's kind of what religion's like. And that's what the law can be like. And Jesus offers so much more. He said, well, what do you do? Come to me. Don't let guilt make you weary. Come to me. Don't let the law wear you out. Come to me. It's not about religion. It's about relationship. Come to me. Jesus says, I'm the ark. I'm the peace. We need it so desperately because we're so broken. And oftentimes we... Say, okay, God, can I just create my own path to deal with my own guilt? But Jesus says, no. Just come to me and let me be your Noah. Maybe we're doing it for the wrong reasons. Maybe we're so weary because 
we're trying to justify ourselves and not just live our lives thankful to God. How is it with you? I mean, Christian religious folks sometimes, uh, we start off with understanding that we're saved by God's grace. It's by his mercy that God loves sinners. I've tried to make that clear today. That we've been saved by the blood of Christ. He's our peace, okay? Uh, But now, all of a sudden, we want to try to justify our lives. Our motive is to say, well, I'm worthy. It's It's that Saving Private Ryan deal. If you saw that movie, at the end of the movie, where... Tom Hanks, his character, uh, Captain, whatever it was, I wasn't planning on telling you the story, it came to my mind, so I'm in thin ice, um, where he went to rescue one, and he gave up his life rescuing one, and he looked into the eyes of this private Ryan, and he said, now you've got to earn this. And somehow with our Christianity, we often live our lives believing that Jesus is hanging on the cross, looking down at our lives, that we look up the cross, and now he's got to say, now you've got to earn this. And you know what? That's just wrong. We can never earn it. That's bondage. That's not going to set us free. And by the way, how do, we, how do we earn God's favor and love? You know what Isaiah 64, 6 says about our righteous acts, the good things we do? You know what Isaiah 64, 6 says about those things that we try to do to clean ourselves up apart from Christ Jesus? It says this, our righteous acts, good things. Our righteous acts are like filthy rags in the sight of a holy God's eyes. And I think that many times we're so weary as Christians is because we're trying to now live our lives justifying ourselves. I know we've been saved, and Jesus, it cost you your blood, and I know you set me free, and now I'm your child, and now I'm going to work really, really hard to try to live for you. I want to justify all that you did on the cross. I want to earn this. (laughs) That's weary, folks. Take it for one who spent most of his life trying. So maybe we're doing it for the wrong reasons. And maybe trying to justify ourselves is the most selfish thing we can do. Maybe if we live our lives trying to be self-righteous and self-justifying, maybe we trample on the gospel of grace. Maybe we trample on what Christ did on the cross when he said, it is finished. Maybe we no longer need him and we say we could do it ourselves. And maybe that's why we're so tired. Blessed weariness. God gives us blessed weariness in our lives because it drives us to evaluate. What am I missing in God's rest? Let me ask many of you today. Are you weary? Are you weary? Evaluate these things. Are you doing the right things? Are you doing the right things the right ways? Are you doing the right things for the right motive? And there's times in your life that God's going to give you weariness to say, you're not doing it right. i got so much more for you. Jesus says this, if Jesus' yoke is easy, why does it feel so hard? Is that, I mean, how in the world can Jesus say, come to me, all you who are weary, I'll give you rest. How can he say, come to me? How can he say, my yoke is easy in one phrase, and then turn around and says, if anyone wants to be my disciple, you ready for this? You must die to yourself. Dying to self doesn't seem very easy. What in the world is he talking about when he says, my yoke is easy? 
Well, it's interesting. The yoke is easy. You know, you know that word, easy? If you have a Bible and you turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and maybe you read it on your wedding day, and maybe you know that because that's that God is love kind of verse, and love is patient, love is kind. You know that? You remember that verse, that chapter? Well, you know what? This word, his yoke is easy, is the same word Paul uses to describe the love of God. He says this, love is kind. Kind. The word here is, is that he's saying that my, my yoke, you come to me and you acknowledge me as Lord and Savior of your life and you put this yoke on you and, and you know what it is? This yoke is kind. Why do we feel sometimes that Jesus is such a, a taskmaster and Christianity is so hard when he says it's not only kind, it, it, it fits perfectly. It's, it's the perfect fit. It, 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 doesn't, it shouldn't irritate us and it shouldn't feel out of place. It should feel like a comfortable sweater. Who needs a sweater when it's 400 degrees out? A comfortable t-shirt. Why is it kind and comfortable? A couple thoughts. One is this. It's the yoke of victory. Jesus wants to come, and as we acknowledge Him as Lord, we don't come to Him, and He puts over us this yoke that proclaims anything other than this reality. You and I win It's the yoke of victory. It's a victor who comes to those who have been vanquished. And he comes and he places a yoke around their neck. And this yoke that this victor has is basically a symbol saying, I have conquered you. And here's the greatest thing about Jesus' Jesus's yoke. It's the reality that he says he comes and he puts it around our, our necks by God's grace. He says, I have conquered your sins. I have conquered death. I have conquered the separation between the Father and sinners. I have conquered you. And I've given you new life in Christ. This yoke of Jesus is a yoke of victory. This yoke of Jesus is a yoke of sonship, not slavery. Most of the yokes were put on those who were, who were captives to say, you're mine and now you're my slave. Jesus, this amazing God who is this Lord of lords and King of kings, says this, I'm going to give you a yoke that declares you are mine. I've adopted you into the family that, that all that the family has is an inheritance I'm going to give to you. All the Father's love I'm going to give to you. All that is rightfully mine is as the truly only begotten Son of the universe I give to you. I'm going to give to you the yoke of sonship. Wow. What an amazing, easy, what an amazing kind, what an amazing, beautiful yoke that is. I'm going to give you the yoke of lordship. That yes, I am the Lord. Now come and die. So you can truly live. Matthew Henry says that Christ is a yoke for our necks and a crown for our heads. And oftentimes we think that maybe Jesus is this uh, meek and gentle-hearted Lord who doesn't demand as much as some others do. Maybe Christianity doesn't demand as much, and maybe it's just the easy way. And let me tell you something, Christianity demands even more. I mean, Rabbi Jesus came and said, it's not my understanding of the law that will set you free. It's not my teachings that will set you free. It's me that will set you free. 
I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I am Torah fulfilled. I am the way to the Father. There's no other way. And if you want to get there, come and die. Jesus doesn't ask for less. He asks for more. But his yoke is not one of slavery. It's one of sonship. And his yoke is kind. It's so kind. Because he says, listen, apart from me, there's no life. Apart from me is death. The most loving thing I could do is to offer you to come. Come to me. Come to me and live. But come to me and surrender all. Listen, we got to be honest with each other. I mean, sometimes we want to preach an easy believism Christianity that's just, you know, hey, have some knowledge about Jesus. No, he he wants the the, the yoke. There's a Lord thing in this. But it's beautiful. Come and live. Maybe we're doing the wrong thing again in our lives. If we ask if the yoke is supposed to be easy, why is this hard? And maybe we got to be asking ourselves, are we doing the wrong thing? Am I, am I doing God's will? And I think that should be a question before all of us. If right now your heart, your life is really, really difficult, you may want to ask God, am I plowing in the right field? Am I plowing in the wrong field? Uh, Galatians 5, 3, and, and Galatians uh, 3, 1 through 3, and Galatians 5 makes it very clear that oftentimes Christians will start off by God's grace and all of a sudden think it's all about works and maybe start plowing the wrong fields and doing the wrong thing. I don't know where you are in your life right now, but how's your faith? Is it really a burden? Ask God to say, God, am I doing the wrong thing? Maybe you're doing it the wrong way. I know when it, it's, Christianity's not burdenless. It's not going to be without trial. But it's supposed to be in a way that it just, we do it in a whole different way. That now, listen to this, now we're supposed to count it all joy when we experience various trials, James 1, 2 says. How in the world can we count it joy? Well, we have Jesus' example for in Hebrews 12, 2 says that for the joy set before him, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And now we know that we doing it the right way is whatever God has yoked us to do and called us to do, whatever he has for us, he, we don't do it alone. And we now do it for his glory. And we do it depending on him and him alone to help carry it. We do it for joy. Jesus I want to be more like those apostles in the book of Acts who were beaten by the Sanhedrin. And you know when they left what they did? They loved it because they said, we've been counted worthy to suffer for Jesus. And I know I do it the wrong way because anytime a little trial comes my way or a little bit of difficulty, I start acting like a little kid and jumping up and down and having a tantrum, a, a temper, tran- a te- that, that right there, a temper, tantrum. I say, God, why? What are you doing? What are you doing? Instead of saying, God, I don't know where you got to church right now, but man, we need some help, and I want to count this joy. I don't know where you got my life right now, and this is, this is really hard, but I know you're Emmanuel, God, with us, and I know you'd never send me a place that you don't go, and I never, I'll never be somewhere that you're not. And God, am I doing it the right way? I'm just doing it for the wrong reasons. Maybe blessed hardness comes in our lives that drives us to evaluate why am I struggling so deeply? 
If Jesus' burden is light, why does it feel so heavy? Well, first of all, i got to say, whatever your burden is, it's light compared to Jesus's. I mean, Jesus, Peter 2.24 tells us, carried the sins of the world. I love what Paul says in 1 Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians 4.17, that our light and momentary burdens don't even compare to the weight of glory seeing Jesus someday face to face will bring. But maybe we're doing the wrong things. Maybe we're seeing our burdens as our burdens, and they're not. You know, Jesus says to us through the pen of Peter in 1 Peter 5, 7, it's an amazing thing, he says this, you ready for this? Cast your burdens, where? Cast your burdens onto me. Why? Because I care for you. And sometimes I feel like this Christian life, that God is giving me burdens so that I could carry them, so I could earn His pleasure, so I could justify my existence, so I could really say I kind of helped out in this whole thing. And He's saying, you knucklehead, cast your burdens onto me because I care for you and I'm able to do it. So maybe we are doing the wrong thing because we're seeing them as my burdens and we're not casting them on to Him. You know, if you're to bring something, to carry something, I'm thinking kind of on like a business trip and you're, you're carrying some materials and you get there and they realize you didn't need to bring those. You think, oh my goodness, are you kidding me? I just lugged these through security. I had to find that compartment above the seat and they're all full and I had to make sure I had it all. I, car- I didn't need to carry this thing here. I just think that that's probably the way we're going to see when we see Jesus face to face. What are you doing carrying that? You got to come to me. You gotta say, God, I, I can't do this anymore. I can't be a single parent anymore on my own strength. I, I, I can't make this company work anymore on my own strength. I can't overcome pornography on my own strength. I, I, I can't quit gambling on my own strength. I, I, I just can't get these thoughts out of my, my brain on my own strength. I can't do it anymore. I said, yeah, you're right. Cast your burden unto me because I care for you. Maybe we're doing it the wrong way. Maybe, maybe we're thinking that it's about our strength. That's what happens when you get someone who's 6'3 and pounds, 300 pounds. Did I say 300 pounds? A donut shy. Then we think sometimes it's about our own strength. And that's what I love about Zechariah 4 6. Not by might, not by power, but by the, my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Are you trying to please Christ through your own strength? Are you trying to live this Christian life out of your own strength? Your own power? Are you trying to do the right thing, relying on Him or relying on you? And maybe I'm just preaching to myself this morning, but I... I can't tell you how many times I start tasks, I try to finish tasks, I do most things trying to think, I can do it. I'm going to bow up and do this one. <laughs> I got this one. can handle this. Oh, man, this is heavy. Maybe it's more about me just saying, God, I'm just weary. I'm just weak. I'm just broken. 
can you show up? Maybe there's a whole different way to do this. Maybe there's a whole different reason to do this. Maybe I'm just focusing on me, not on you. And maybe we're doing it for the wrong reason. I think it's my job. If you and I try to live our lives because it's our Christian duty to live our lives in a way that's pleasing to God. You ready for this? It's not going to last. And God doesn't like it if we do what we do out of just duty to God. There's a big God. He's a holy God. He's a demanding God. And it's my duty to show up and to try to do the right thing. You know what we call them in the New Testament who do this? Pharisees. And Jesus was very angry with them. God cares as much about why we do what we do as he cares about what we do. Think about that. God cares as much about why we do what we do as what we do. He says this, may the love of Christ compel you. Maybe this burden feels so heavy because I'm trying to do my duty. And it's not that I'm just in love with God. And God just wants me to look into the beauty of who He is and the amazing work of His Son and the power of the Spirit and say, God, I want to be compelled by a God who loves me that much. May I love Him back in return. Maybe blessed burdens that drive us to evaluate. Why does this feel so heavy? Christianity for dummies. Nah. It's not for dummies, but it's interesting who gets this. If you look at verses 25 to 27, lead up to this. It's interesting, he says this. He said, those who are weary get it. He says, those who are little children get it. It's interesting who doesn't get this. Those who had it all together. Those who missed it were the wise and the learned, according to Matthew eleven twenty-five. Isn't it interesting? It's interesting who gives this rest and who gives this life it's jesus alone not torah not even the father in verses 25 and 26 he says all authority has been given to me come to me jesus is the only dispenser of grace in life there's no other where to find it it's not the torah it's not the law interesting the authority has been all given to him i got three questions for you to ask this week when things get hard maybe to ask today if things are hard Three things for you to say. God, you, you promised that it's supposed to be easy and it's supposed to be light. It's supposed to be kind. Are you doing the right things? Are you doing the right things the right way? And are you doing the right things for the right reasons? Because we got this amazing, merciful God who says, are you burdened? Come. Are you weary? Come. Do you need rest? Come. Quit trying to do it. I've done it. Come, I'm your Noah. I'm your rest. I'm your reward. I'm your life. I'm your delight. Come and soak yourself in me. Let us pray. Father, I just need to confess I'm weary because I just haven't found enough rest in you. I, I run. I confess that I found your yoke to be not easy, 
to be hard at times because I'm plowing in a field you're not calling me to. And Father, I confess that for some reason I'm carrying burdens that you're saying, cast those to me. I'm doing things thinking it's about my strength, not yours. And Father, thank you for loving us where we are. Thank you for being a God who loves sinners. May we marinate in that. Jesus, thank you for being our rest. May we cling to you. Father, teach us new ways to be. Father, teach us new ways to do. Father, teach us what it means to come and to find our rest in you. So in Christ's name we pray. Amen.